sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known, by forever daddy, oh how we love you so, I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Let's pray. Say, God, move me, challenge me, touch me, scare me. Just don't leave me the way I came in. Amen. Amen. My quote this morning is this. Right is right even if everyone is against it. And wrong is wrong even if everyone is for it. <laughs> it is better to displease the people by doing what you know is right than to temporarily please them by doing what you know is wrong. Roll up your sleeves. We're going to get ugly this morning. <laughs> Listen, if you look around today, everybody wants to be spiritual. Right? Right? I mean, you look in the music. The more, every, everywhere you look, everybody wants to be spiritual, but nobody wants God. Are y'all ready? See, everyone wants to be deep, but nobody wants sacrifice. Everybody wants meaning, but nobody wants to be defined. Everybody wants a purpose, but nobody wants to be told what it is. Everybody wants to do the right thing, but nobody wants to be told what to do. This is from an old Steven Seagal movie. Everybody want heaven, nobody want dead. We want heaven. We want the good things. We want to be blessed. We want to be whole. We want to be healed. If, if you read people's Facebook statuses, even the weirdest people will shock you and come out and say things that, that are like profound. Everybody wants, they, they want as a whole, people want God. The problem is we want God on our own terms. So I want to share a message with you this morning simply titled, If You're Gonna Do It, do it right. Tell somebody, do it right. Do it right. Our journey in the World Series that we're going through in the book of Genesis brings us to Genesis chapter 4. If you would open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4. Look on with somebody or, or, or just pretend. Genesis chapter 4 starts like this, verse 4, 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. <laughs> Side note, this is the first mention of sex in the Bible. People giggling already. We know it's referring to sex because I have never simply met anyone and have them conceive. That was a joke. 
says, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. So, but, but I want you to listen to the way God speaks about sex. He says, Adam knew Eve. See, we got some words for that that are nothing like that, right? We got some words that are ugly when, when it comes to... We refer it as, as... I can't even say a lot of them, but so let's just... But, but, but see, the way God says it, it says, Adam knew Eve. See, it's a picture of intimacy. See, God's intention for sex was a means of communication, not just procreation. Come on, write that down. That's good. Husbands, you can use this later. It's a means of communication. Listen, it's, it's, sex is actually a seal and a bond. How many here for the first time today? Welcome. Welcome to the Sanctuary Fellowship. We're talking about sex this morning. Thank you. <laughs> God sees, see, sex is a seal and a bond. It's not just for procreation, but to seal and bond a relationship. It is obvious that it was also created for pleasure. Read Song of Solomon's. Even the most hardcore of you will blush. It, see, but today, listen, today we use it for recreation. Today we use it for control. We use it for manipulation. We use it for temporary satisfaction. The world will tell you to use it to relieve stress. We, we have words like casual sex. Let me just say something this morning. There is nothing casual about sex. It is a glue that seals a man and a woman together. And yeah, let the wise understand what I just said. It is a glue that seals a man and a woman together. It says, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. Listen, we have so many issues today because by the time we come to our husbands and wives, we've known too many people. And we've been glued and unglued and glued and unglued and we don't know how to stay together anymore. Amen? Let's move on quickly. But if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. <laughs> Adam knew Eve and she conceived and bore Cain, the word says. Verse 2, and again she bore his brother Abel. And now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a worker of the ground. This is important to note. Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. You got that? Abel was a what? Cain was a? Okay, verse 3. In the course of time, it says, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the first fruits of the ground. You can read there. Verse 4, it says, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. You understand what's happening here? So it says God accepted Abel and did not accept Cain. So how did they know this? Well, it doesn't tell us in the scriptures, but we read later on, usually when God accepts a sacrifice, fire comes down and consumes it. So we can kind of assume something like that happened. So it, you picture Abel's sacrifice, fire comes down and consumes it, and, 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 and Cain's sacrifice... Got left in the cold. 
right? But we do know, you know, Cain's fruit basket just got left there. We do know one was accepted and one was left. And that presents to us a serious question, right? Why was one accepted and why was one rejected? Is that a good question? I'm glad you feel that. Why was one accepted? And, and listen, the answer carries a lot of weight, and, and it's important to us right up to this day. It's really important. This, this is why we're going to spend, spend a little moment here. Listen, let's picture the offering. King's offering, it says he was a what? Farmer, thank you. And so it says that he, he brought from the fruit of the ground his offering. There is no doubt that Cain's offering was a lot it was definitely more aesthetically pleasing, right? Can you picture this offering of, of all kinds of fruits and vegetables and grains, everything from the ground? He probably had it nice and lined up, probably like, you know, in the supermarket when they have 4,000 oranges and they're all lined up in a certain way that, you know, you want to be the obnoxious kid and pick one so that they all flow. Or maybe that's just me, but you too. And I know Megan too, my daughter, she loves doing that. But anyway. So, so picture, this was just this beautiful array. It probably had every color in it imaginable. He probably set it up beautifully. It's this beautiful thing that he, he's deciding to the Lord. Now let's look at Abel's offering. That would definitely have been a bloody hot mess. A bloody mess. You're talking about a dead animal, sacrificed animal, and you're talking about the fat portions of the first of you know the first fruits of his labor so you're talking about fat fat so there's dead offering there's blood and there's fat no doubt this is a hot mess of an offering this was definitely not a good looking offering can we agree but the word says each one offered from what they had isn't that true the farmer brought what he had the shepherd brought what he had. So each one. So why did God receive one and reject the other? Well, listen, many theologians would argue and they believe it's a very simple, simple answer. Abel's sacrifice was a blood sacrifice and Cain was not. And, and you know, there's a lot of scripture to back that up. And you, we could assume that they had already no doubt heard from their parents that when the parents messed up and they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, that God killed the first animal. So there was a sacrifice. The, God created a sacrifice, killed the first animal to make clothes for them. So there was a sacrifice of blood to provide a covering. So no doubt that story had already been shared with the kids. And so they, you know, they, 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 they might have, you know, we could say, well, they, they should have known that an offering to God, a sin offering requires blood. The problem with that and Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. So there's definitely scripture to back all that up. The problem is that the scripture here in Genesis does not tell us that this was a sin offering. It was just an offering. They were just bringing an offering to the Lord. Right? And, and we could read throughout, the, we learn later on through history and the books that follow that a sin offering had to have blood. But there were many other different kinds of offerings that were just grain, fruit, Applause. There was a clap offering. There was a, all kinds of different offerings that God accepted that didn't have to have blood. So, so, so there's, there's something, you know, something fishy there. And we also find in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Malachi that sometimes even blood sacrifices that were brought to God, he rejected. 
So you start to think about that and you say, it leads me to believe what a lot of other theologians and, and commentators believe, that it wasn't just the offering itself that was a problem. You feeling me? It wasn't just the offering itself that was a problem. Notice the way the scripture says it. It says, the Lord had regard for Abel and Abel's offering, and the Lord did not regard Cain and his offering. So, see, the offering is tied to the offerer. That's deep. Let it sink in. Offerer is not a word. Microsoft Word says it's underlined. But when you're preaching, you can make whatever word you want. When you come up here, you can make your own words. Okay? It says the offering is tied. I believe the offering is tied to the offerer. The sacrifice is tied to the one who sacrificed. Are you getting this? See, when Abraham offered Isaac, God wasn't looking for Isaac. He was looking at Abraham's heart, right? And, and then once Abraham's heart was committed to give up the one thing that he loved, God himself said, get Isaac off there, and he provided his own sacrifice. God is so good. He says, I don't want the sacrifice. There's nothing that we can give to God, right? What do we have that God needs? How many of you like wrote a check for tithes saying, oh, the Lord really needs this today? No, he doesn't. No, if you didn't do it, somebody else will pay. Listen, because it's not about, that's why we don't get up and harp about this and this. We do have bills to pay. This is, we pay over $70,000 a year in, in the lease here. Some of your faces open. $70,000. We pay over $7,000 a month in the lease. You, you think the heat goes on by itself? The lights go on by itself? You think it, it don't cost to insure this place to, so, that, so we don't get hurt here and I don't go suing us, please? But, but, I mean, there's a lot of money that goes on here. But listen, God doesn't need our money. If we don't do it, he'll do it. He'll find a way to do it. I've seen him do it. Amen? I've seen it. We've stepped into bigger buildings. You know, we've step, stepped into bigger places with less people. God just does it. Amen? So, so there, there, there's something about, you know, God not needing. God is looking at the heart of, the, of the, the person that is sacrificing. Amen? So it means, listen, the worship is tied to the worshiper. Listen, church, some of you could have joined the worship team this morning singing, and it, and it was a joyful noise. But listen, if it was Cain worship, it was just a noise. Can I tell you that? And, and, and man... Woo. See, the worship is tied to the worshiper. Hebrews 11.4 tells us, gives us a little insight into this story. It says, by faith, Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It doesn't tell us anywhere that Cain worshipped in faith or that Cain um, brought his offering in faith. As a matter of fact, we read later on, it, it tells us that Cain was wicked. That his heart was wicked. And so, so there's something that says Abel's offering came in through faith. And it says Cain was wicked. And Proverbs tells us the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. Do, do you hear that? Like God doesn't need. Do, do we understand this whole worship thing? We need to worship God. God created us with a purpose, like it or not, like it or lump it, God created you to worship Him. Because we were created to worship, we are going to worship. I don't care if you don't come on Sunday morning, you're going to worship. You're going to worship your job, you're going to worship, the, the, the gamut goes on. 
You'll worship a woman's body. You'll worship a man's body. You'll worship uh, everything that can be done in between there. You're going to worship because you were created to worship. We're here because those of us that are here, we understand that we were created to worship God. And so we made a choice to worship God. Amen? But listen, the, the, the mindset that's in the world, and, and, and it affects us, and it creeps into the church all the time, is that God should be happy that I'm worshiping. God should just be happy that I'm tithing. God should be happy that I put anything in when the basket comes around. God should be happy that I give an offering. Listen, and, and then there's, there's, God should be happy that I make it to church once or twice a month, or once or twice a year. At least I make it on Easter. He should be happy. That's the happy day. That's the good day, right? That's the day we need twice as many chairs because every church is full. I'm going to take chairs out on Easter. <laughs> Forget you. Stand up if this is the only time you're coming. <laughs> Forget you. No, no, that's not right. That's not nice, pastor. Bad pastor. There's another mindset in the world that, listen, God is good and God is all loving. And so, listen, he's just happy to get whatever I can get to him right now. Right? That's another mindset. He's just happy to get, listen, I ain't ready to be going every week. I ain't ready to, like, serve or be in ministry. I'll re-squad. Get out of here. I ain't ready to, like, be in the street. I'm still doing me. Right? There's a mindset that I ain't ready to, to you know, I ain't ready to be, don't hit me with that 10% with the wages, son. Don't even say tithe. That's a curse in my house. That church needs to be taking care of me. Right? There's, there's a mindset. I, I ain't ready to, to, you know, let some other fool pay for the rent in that place. I ain't ready to, like, change my friends. I ain't ready to, like, change my habits. I ain't ready to, like, change the things that I do. I'm still doing me. God is just happy when he gets some of me. God should just be happy with the leftovers that I bring. I, I know, I know God is just happy when I'm here. I know, you know, I know he's happy, you know, when, whenever I get it here. And you can tell that that was the mindset of Cain because when God didn't accept his offering, the word tells us Cain got angry. Cain got angry because he thought God should accept whatever he gives him. He felt God should be pleased with his offering. Said God, you know how long it took me to get all those oranges lined up like that? You know how long it took me? How many times Megan came by and knocked them down and I had to put them back together? God. So Cain got angry. Family, when it comes to your worship, if you're going to do it, do it right. When it comes to, to your offering, if you're going to do it, Listen, when it comes to your walk with God, if you're going to do it, do it with all your soul and all your mind and all your body or don't do it at all. It's got to change you. It's got to change your habits. It's got to change your friends. It's got to change your priorities. If it doesn't, then it's fake. If it doesn't, then it's cane worship. Then it's a cane service. Then it's a cane congregation. Then they should just put cane church across the building. It's got to change you, amen? You're either walking with God or you're not. You're either worshiping God or you're not. You're either a Christian or you're not. <coughs> Who told you you can half-step and be good enough? Who told you you can send money to Haiti and feel good about yourself? The heathens do that, do more than you. Heathens are gathering together to pray and have concerts and send money to Haiti. That doesn't make you a Christian. 
Who told you you could be respectful enough, you could be nice enough, you could be giving enough, and God has to receive whatever you choose to give him. That's humanism. That's, that's the religious right. And what did Jesus say about the religious folks? In Matthew 15, 7, Jesus talks about the religious people of his time. He says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Church, please don't ever let it be said of you that your worship was vain. That your worship is, is empty. That, that you're just making noise on a Sunday morning. Don't ever let your worship... Listen, if you're going to do it, do it right. When it came down to Cain's offering and Abel's offering, God was more concerned with the heart of the offerer than what, what the offering looks like. That's still true today. Listen, you could bring your best offering of the year. You could write a check that would impress the treasurer. You could write a check that would make the ushers do backflips all the way to the back. You could bring in an offering that could pay for the new chairs that we want to order, that could, that could give us a down payment to buy the building. And, and that offering could look so impressive on paper. But if it's a cane offering, it will not bring you favor with God. You believe a pastor saying that? <laughs> Some of you shocked if you've been in churches before. God is not impressed with what things look like on the outside. Man, that's been the history of our church here. That's why I tell people all the time, stop judging people from the outside. Outsiders come into the sanctuary, and, and I see sometimes the looks on their faces when they notice that someone on the worship team has a tattoo, or two, or 16. I notice the look of shock on their faces when somebody next to them cracks open a, a soda or, or opens a coffee and just starts sipping during the word. And they're like, I notice the look of shock on some people's faces when the guy with the jeans and the long hair, they find out that he's the pastor. That's hysterical. They said, where's the guy in the suit? You can't preach without a suit. That's Jesus right there. You can't do that. But listen, listen. Because the religious folk would rather sit in a church full of pretenders than have to rely on the hearts and motives to stir the heart of God. We could get real pretty on the outside and, and stop, stop even taking membership when God stops coming. But we just got it all together. We got everything looking so good. The worship team is so tight. They practice all the time and they got the music. They don't miss a note. They never, you never hear a voice crack. All the sermons are so, they're, they're set up, man, to get you to scripture, to get you to, to bring you up, to, to bring you down to where you cry, to bring you to the altar call. They're just beautifully eloquent, you know, illustrated, right? But, but, you stop, but, but you stop taking notice of when God showed up. You stop taking notice of when God interrupts the whole flow of the thing. When God says, stop and let's just pray for a child. Stop and let's just, let's just all gather for somebody because somebody's hurt. But, but, but if it doesn't flow into the order, then, then it's not going to happen. It's Cain worship, church. 
That's Cain worship. Listen, some people give a big offering. They expect the pastor to come down and praise them and kiss them and give them a place of honor in the front. Guess what? I don't see the offering, so I don't know if you give big or if you don't give a lot or if you don't give at all. A Cain offering is a waste of your money. If you're going to do it, do it right. Do it with a heart that wants to please God. Do it with a heart that says, God, I'm so thankful for what you give me that I want to tithe, that I want to give an offering. I'm so thankful, God, because I shouldn't be making any money. Because in this recession, I shouldn't even have a job. God, I'm so thankful, God, for everything that you give me, that for me to take a 10% and give it back to you, I know I'm just sowing seed that's going to grow and give back to me. It's just, God, I can't outgive what you do, God. When you give it that way, then, then there's favor with God. Then it's not a Cain offering, amen? Cain offering is a, worse, a waste of money. And so the word tells us in verse 6, Cain was angry and his face fell. His countenance fell. Now watch this. Watch this. Worship team, you can come. Because if you've been reading through the Old Testament, you can see how God deals with people and kind of harsh. And you could say, man, God is always angry in the Old Testament or God is really mean. Anybody read and felt that? Well, you'd have to read it first to, to feel that. <laughs> All right. But, but you can get that from the Old Testament. Man, God is so mean. But watch this. Watch the gospel in, in Genesis. How many of you know the gospel is in Genesis? We don't, we don't see Jesus. We don't hear of Jesus, but we see Jesus. Amen? In Genesis. Watch the gospel. Watch the gospel. Look what happens. Look at the mercy and the grace of God. God comes and speaks to the man who was unacceptable and speaks to the man whose offering was unacceptable. He comes and speaks to the one that was rejected. I love that. He receives Abel's offering. He rejects Cain's offering. But the next verse tells us who does he come and speak to? Lord, why are you so good to us? He comes and speaks to the one that was rejected. And he asks him, he says, why are you so angry? Why are you downcast? Do you understand that even the wicked God has compassion over? And he sees and he sees his emotions. He says, God, he says, why are you so angry? Isn't that beautiful? He says, why are you upset, man? And remember, whenever God asks a question in the Word, it's not because He doesn't know the answer. He is almost always, He's trying to get the person to ask themselves that same question. Right? When, he, when God asks Adam, where are you and why are you hiding? It's not because God didn't know where He was. God saw that fool naked with a fig leaf trying to hide behind a bush. God was asking him, look, he, he's saying, where are you? He's saying, look at you now. Look at you now. It's my Scarface people. I'm Cuban, sorry. He, he wants Adam to, to realize, man, how did I end up here? How did I end up hiding, trying to cover myself with a fig leaf? God is saying, ask yourself, where are you? 
And so when God asks Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so downcast? He's asking Cain to reflect on what just happened. He's, he's, he's looking for a broken heart. <clears throat> he's looking for repentance from Cain. He's looking for Cain to cry out and say, God, I, I worked so hard on that, God. I, I gave you my all. Why are you not reject? Why are you rejecting me, God? But that wasn't the response. When God asked Cain, you know, he was looking for that humble heart, but it's so beautiful. He talks with him, and it's a second chance. He gives him a do-over. How many of you, as, as a kid, you, you played games, you always had that one obnoxious kid? When it was his turn, and right at the end, a do-over, do-over. Like, no, man, it's my turn. Get out of here. But, but God comes to Cain, and he gives him a do-over. He tells him, listen, Cain, Cain. He talks with him. It's a second chance. He says in verse 7, you can read there in your scripture, he says, you will be accepted if you do what's right. He just didn't do right right now, but he's saying you will be accepted if you just do what's right. Isn't that beautiful? It's a second chance. He said, you'll be accepted if you do what's right. But listen what he says. But if you don't do what's right, sin is crouching right at the door. And its desire is for you. But you must ma master it. Listen, the justice of God accepts the offering of the man whose heart was right with God. But the grace of God goes after and speaks one-on-one -on -one to the one that was rejected and not accepted. And he extends grace. Oh, that's so beautiful. Let me end with this scripture, Romans 12.1. Paul's appeal to us, my appeal to you, God's appeal to us. <clears throat> I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Church, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. Church, if you're going to do it, church, do it right. The New Testament says obedience is better than sacrifice. Can we do that right now? Can we present ourselves as living sacrifices this morning? Would you come? Would you stand? Would you stand and say, God, I present myself as a living sacrifice. God, if there's, if there's things in me that I do the wrong way, God, just, just help me. Thank you. Thank, thank you that you correct me. Thank you that even when you reject me, you accept me, God. Thank you that even though you reject the things that I do, even though you don't accept my behavior, you accept me. Listen, I, I love this place. I love this church. I love you guys because I see 
the real heart of, of God in, in, in so many of you. There's so many of you I haven't even gotten to know yet, but, but, but as a whole, man, you just feel the love of God in this place. You feel that, that, that we're not trying to put on a front. You feel that we're not trying to be religious, that we're not trying to be something that we're not. You feel the love of God. When, when I sit here and worship, I feel worship. And I believe the worship is leaving the ceiling. I believe the worship is leaving this place. I believe it's, it's tickling and causing God to dance. But the truth is, some of us, you know, the fact that we're here is probably because we came from someplace else. And, and sometimes we get messed up in, in church. Sometimes, you know, God, God, some, sometimes people messes, mess us up, man, and, and they get us so, they get that religion thing in us, and they get that, that legalism thing in us, and, and we get so, they get that raha tabla stuff, you know, in us, and, and then make us, we, we get to the point where we can't even enjoy God. And that's why our, our whole thing, our thing is enjoying God, serving people, building healthy families. But the first one is enjoying God. Don't come to church because it's a religious right that you have to because that's what you should do. That, get that out and stay home a week or two. And say, God, I want to come to church because, because I want to enjoy you. Because I want to get together with people that, that enjoy you. Because, listen, I want to have a play date on a Sunday. I want to come and play with my friends. I want to come and just rejoice. I want to dance. I want to shout. And the, the truth is, listen, some of us, some of us, we've been practicing Cain worship, man. We've been practicing Cain offering. But it's due over time this morning. Amen? It's due over time. God says, if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. And so that's the words that I want to ring in your head. That's what I want you to leave with. If you forget everything else, God says, if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. And, and listen, that doesn't mean that, that I, I'm definitely not standing up here preaching like I got it all together, like it's perfect, like I always do the right thing. No, I don't always do the right thing. I'll confess to you. Sometimes I have attitude. Sometimes I judge people. Sometimes, sometimes I, I get angry. Sometimes I say the wrong thing. Sometimes I think the wrong thing. Can I be open with you? Sometimes I don't do the right thing, but I run to the arms of God who accepts me even when my things are not are rejected. He accepts me. Would you come down if that's you and say, God, just accept me today, God. I know you don't accept my behavior. I know you don't accept it. I'm still working things out, God. I'm still, there's still some things I got to deal with. There's still some habits I might have to break. There's still some stupid things that I need to work out. But God, would you accept me? Accept me this morning. Would you talk to me this morning? And let's worship. Let's bring, let's bring a sweet worship up to God. You ready, worship? Let's bring a sweet worship, a worship up to the Lord. Come on. Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go.
Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. Jesus.